Hello and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. The COVID-19 pandemic is still in full force, and that means we all need to be taking precautions to stop the spread of the disease. City services that have been impacted by the virus have been involved in to continue providing services in a safe way. That includes the Iowa City Public Library, which has been finding ways to keep our imaginations active. Joining me to discuss those services is Library Director Ellsworth Carmen. Welcome, Ellsworth. Thanks so much for having me today, Bruce. It's great to be here. I am super excited that you're here today because our library has been closed since March. So I would love to hear what's happening at the library. Um, but if you can talk about a little bit about the, the decision to keep the library closed up until now. Absolutely. So one of the core roles of the IOC Public Library is being a place for people to come together. And whether that's people coming in to browse our collections, come to programming, interface with staff, or just find a place to sit, you know, we're a, a physical hub for the community. And we take that very seriously. So when COVID-19 became an issue in Iowa City, it was a real struggle to decide how do we balance um, the health and safety of our community with the access to the materials and services we know that they need and value. Quickly, it became evident that, that health and safety had to be the driving force in our decision making. So we decided to close um, in alignment with other city departments, um, right in kind of the beginning of, of the COVID crisis in the city. And since then, we've worked very closely with our board and staff to figure out what can our next steps be? What will the future of the Iowa City Public Library look like? Um, while keeping that safety just really as a honed in point of what we're doing. Um, and we're so eager to have people back in the building, but we don't want to do that in a reckless way or a way that contributes to the spread of COVID-19. So immediately upon closing, we shifted our focus to those services we could offer remotely. So phone reference, chat reference, um, ebook and e-audiobook access. And then as we were able to plan and, and make safe um, safe developments around, we, we opened up into curbside pickup and things like that. So we've been trying to roll out services in a way that keeps everybody safe, allows us to follow those guidelines for public health, um, but still keeps us connected to those patrons, which are the most important part of what we do. So with the patrons, have you seen an increase, uh, the same average of use a decrease, average of use. What are you seeing from the online services? And again, you mentioned the curbside, which I wanted more information about what curbside means, but talk about the patrons' usage of the library. Sure, as you would imagine, the biggest change in benchmarking that we've seen is the use of eBooks and e-audiobooks, which have just skyrocketed. Um, we've seen in the months of both May and April of this year, there was over 125% increase in new users on um, a service we use called Overdrive, which is the platform that gives access to eBooks and audiobooks. So huge numbers of users are moving towards this digital format. Um, and that that's a great choice for right now during the pandemic when people are staying home and staying out of crowded places. We saw an increase um, both in those eBooks and audiobooks, but also in most of our digital services. So for example, Canopy, which is a streaming video service, um, we saw many new users and users who were already 
um, using the platform, we saw an increase in how much they were using it. So for new users, I'm assuming that now they're able to get a library book online or a library card online. And, yes. and is that easily findable? It's pretty easily findable, yes. If you go to our library uh, website, which is www.icpl.org, um, you will find pretty clear directions for how to get a library card, how to start to access these services. If you're a little nervous about using some of the digital applications, um, our staff are experts in how to walk folks through these things. Um, don't hesitate at all to call our main helpline, which is 319-356-5200, and say, hey, I, I want to try eBooks, but I don't know how. Can you walk me through it? Um, staff answer this a lot, and they are more than happy to, to help you get online and figure it out. If there's a challenge with your card, would you update your address or take care of something else? They can often just do that in one fell swoop. Awesome. You mentioned the curbside service, which I'm uh, very excited that that opportunity is there while the actual physical building is closed to the public. But there's a lot of individuals that really want that tangible book. They're mm -hmm. not into the online um, services, uh, you know, as much. And so you have, a, you have that option of the curbside. Talk about that process. Um, how can they go about getting some curbside services or, or materials from the library? Absolutely. So to way to, the way to kick off that process is to go online and place a hold through our catalog. If you don't have access um, to that at home, give us a call at our main phone number and we can place a hold for you. And then when that material becomes available, you'll get a, a prompt for how to select a time to come pick up those materials. They're um, half an hour time slots. Um, and right now our hours are 2 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 10 to 1 on Saturdays. And you sign up for a spot. You, you drive up on the South Lynn Street side of the building um, where there's labeled parking. You pull right in, give us a call um, at a posted number, and staff will bring your materials out to a table that you can then come up and collect them from. So it's a contact-free delivery. Um, we put materials in a, a bag so you can easily grab them and so that your privacy is maintained in that transaction. And if you have returns, our external book returns are open as well. So you can take care of that while you're here. Pull up and get your material. That's how it goes. I love it. What are, what are some, I'm, I'm curious to know, what are you finding people are searching um, during the pandemic? What, what is kind of the most, the, the, the borrowing trends that you're finding during this time? Well, I would say because of the sort of the dovetailing in our community and many others of um, the pandemic and also the Black Lives Matter um, activism and protests, we're, we're seeing an interesting kind of combination of searching for many many typical things that the library always um, lends many of, popular titles, new books, things like that, but also more things about you know, job hunting, things like that in a pandemic. But a big increase too in books about um, how to be anti-racist, books about um, how to talk about race, books about how to introduce children to concepts of these, these bigger social justice topics that we're, we're dealing with as a community as well. So for us, it's been sort of an interesting combination of multiple um, 
really big things coming together. Um, and, you know, we, we do our best to have a collection that will feed all of those needs. Um, one of the things we were able to do really quickly um, once, um, once we saw an increase in Black Lives Matter activism in the community was the collection services department um, selected maybe 10 or 12 titles to make always available. And what that designation means is um, instead of the normal process where if you and I both logged on and wanted to borrow the same ebook, one of us would have to wait while the other one read it and then returned it and then it would come to the next person. By changing that status to always available, that means that people can use it at the same time. So in just a matter of, of weeks, in some cases days, upon making these titles available, we saw hundreds of users accessing them. Uh, the most popular titles were White Fragility um, and How to Be an Anti-Racist. So just an example of how the collection, you know, we can nimbly use that tool to, to speak to what the community is asking for. Well, I'll tell you, White Fragility is, uh, I have some friends that have ordered that and it's on back order everywhere. So it's good to know that the library has that book and some other books. Is this what you're calling the, the Read Work program? No, that is a separate program. So Read Woke is offered in partnership with Beanstack, which is an online platform that we do many of our program signups through. Um, and it's, it's a, a sort of a reading challenge, a self-directed reading challenge to read materials that speak to experiences other than those you've had. So um, some examples of what the, the Read Woke titles might do is challenge a social norm, um, come from a point of view of a traditionally oppressed or underrepresented group, um, seek to challenge the status quo, things like that. And, and you read titles and then you can sort of earn digital badges and complete it at your own pace. Um, there's more information about that on the website as well. It's a, a great way to expand your reading, especially if, if this is the first time you've thought about sort of intentionally designing a, a self-led curriculum to learn more about um, oppressed So if someone wanted to learn about Black Lives Matter related um, materials, that's, that's kind of how that can develop. It's a good starting point. You certainly could use Black Lives Matter as, um, as a focus area with all of the Read Woke prompts. Um, we have other resources on the website that will speak to that as well um, that are more directly um, focused on Black Lives Matter um, kind of subjects. And we're, we're seeing those used a lot and we continue to sort of evaluate and try to make sure we have materials for all ages. All right, all right, well, great, that's good to know. When I go to the library, which I can't do right now, one of the things I've always appreciated was the livelihood, the, how, how active our children area was. And so that is something that is not present right now. How are you all meeting some of the children needs within our community um, through, through the library? That's a great question. And anyone who's a normal user of our children's department wouldn't be surprised that the children's staff jumped immediately into action upon closure to make sure that they could as proactively as possible meet the needs of the kids in our community. Um, very quickly, they created an infrastructure and a system that allowed them to make new um, 
story time videos every day that they put on Facebook. So for adult caregivers with children who enjoyed coming to those in person, you can still have access to your favorite children's librarians doing great programming right through um, your Facebook page. The children's department um, is also very involved in the summer reading program at the library. And this year, that's a totally virtual program. So you can sign up and do some guided reading and different activities um, online for summer reading, and that's for all ages. And we also have, in, as part of that summer reading, lots of different virtual events. So things like outside performers might come in and do a zoo animal presentation, or we have you know a bubble wizard or things like that that um, you can watch with your with the youth in your lives um, right from home. Um, and that's that's proven to be pretty popular. Um, I know that we are also looking forward to, to seeing what our local schools decide for the fall. And that will change a little bit how we decide to offer services to make sure that we are complementing other um, infrastructures for kids as, as much as we can. I'm loving hearing about the virtual performances because I'm sure for parents that has been a way to still be connected with the library as well as learning opportunities which in our community has shifted a lot because on a weekend, parents would, you know, be able to take their children to learn in an interactive type activity. But now um, the library is offering this online, which is great to hear. Are there any reopening phased plans? And um, I think, you know, no matter what you plan, it seems like COVID has a a plan of his own, and it delays, delays, delays. But are there any um, plans of phasing in reopening? And if so, what would be some of the requirements? Would it be a mandatory mask, or what conversations are you having there? Now, thanks for bringing that up. We did recently share our phased reopening plan on our website, um, and we we designed sort of a six-phase um, opening plan that takes us through the services we'd like to develop in each phase and also speaks a little bit to that criteria um, that you're mentioning there. Um, and we we know that each stage, you know, we'll have to work very hard to make sure staff are prepared, that we have the appropriate PPE on site and available, the appropriate cleaning schedules, all of those pieces to make sure that our staff are equipped and comfortable to move forward. And the library board has been meeting twice as frequently as usual, usual during the closure to make sure that the, the board is up to date and able to participate fully in the way that we are facing our reopening. Um, we talked at our last meeting about um, bringing in an expert from Johnson County Public Health to speak a little bit more directly to what the um, benchmarks might be between phases. And the board uh, plans to do that um, sometime in the next few weeks. And I think that will help solidify some of those public health facing issues. Um, what we expect as far as behavior changes of patrons on site when we reopen, right now we anticipate um, asking patrons to wear masks um, and we will provide those if needed. We plan to limit um, the, to ask patrons to limit the amount of time they spend in the library. So we, we may call it express service or um, grab and go service where you can come in, access the materials and the services you need, uh, but then make room for the next person who needs to come in and, and get their needs met as well. Um, 
of course, we promote all of the regular health guidelines, frequent hand washing. We ask people to stay home if they're sick. Um, and we will do our best to, to serve people while also um, protecting everybody's health. When we do reopen, people will notice a few changes in the building. Um, we have moved or removed most of our furniture so that there are fewer places that people can gather in groups for any length of time. We've put in plexiglass barriers at most of our service points to just offer that little extra protection between staff and patron interfacing. Um, and we anticipate uh, making a few more changes, um, identifying social distancing distances on the floor and things like that. So um, when we do reopen, there'll be, there'll be some changes and some ways that we're trying to really focus on that health and safety. Um, but I would say that the reopening criteria certainly has been the most challenging part of developing a reopening plan. Um, we, we really need to see those health indicators, um, but it's, it's so hard with an ever-moving target. It is an ever-moving target, and I think you all have definitely, by what you've mentioned, put a lot of great thought into the health and safety of the community. How it all plays out in the end, COVID, as we know, has a mind of its own. Uh, we'll have to wait and see just how things play out. But I want to at least commend you and the library for taking a serious look at the opportunities for people to come back. And even when you mentioned the, the, the like removing of some of the furniture to decrease the risk of interactions, I think that is a responsible thing to do personally um, because it, it will just... Um, just discourage, you know, that uh, collaboration. But I would imagine with the, with some of the things you put in place, it really will allow opportunity for people to come back into that, into the library and, and interact in a safe way. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yes, yes. So then, um, so once the library reopens, which we don't know when, um, are there some permanent, like, because you mentioned some of these, are there some permanent changes that you're thinking might be there? Um, or are we kind of just going to wait and see how the COVID-19 ends up? I would say mostly we're going to wait and see how the COVID-19 ends up. We, um, we're really trying to view this closure as as an opportunity to re-engage with the community around what what do they vision ICPL as being. We have um, a really lucky coincidence of being finalizing our next strategic plan right now. So we are able to make space and make room in that plan to create more opportunities for feedback, uh, more active interactions with the public around what would they like to see as we come back is the desire to go back to exactly how we were before COVID or are there aspirations to change that a little bit? You know, we're learning a lot from the way patrons are using our services right now. And I really look forward to learning more as we move forward to find out um, what, what could we do that would absolutely best impact the community. And if that's a little bit different than we were before, then what steps do we need to be to take to get there? Yes. I know that you have done some, um, and, and city council passed it, where the fines were kind of removed for, uh, get, correct me if I'm wrong, is for um, 
youth for people under the age of 18, I'm assuming? Yes, and our fine free is linked to the item. So any items from our children's or young adult collections um, do not accrue fines, no matter who has them out. Um, and that was done as a way to reduce barriers to service, to make sure that we're welcoming as many people from the community as we can to, to use our resources and check out those materials. Um, the plan originally was to come back to the board um, right about this time of the year and give a comprehensive report of how um, that change impacted the budget and our use patterns and things like that. Unfortunately, we did have that COVID closure come right in the middle of that, um, that window when we would have been carefully looking at our use. So our timeline is shifting a little bit, but we look forward to re-engaging around that and making some decisions about, um, is this something that we would like to extend more fully? Is that something that the library's budget and the city's budget could support? Um, and how will we move forward with that? It's certainly a regional and national trend to look at getting away from those fines, um, which serve as a, as a true barrier to many people. You talk, you're right. It, 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 it was a barrier for many in our community. And so thanks for leading the way in that area to uh, present the fine-free um, opportunity for those in our community. In light of Black Lives Matter, which you've, you have materials, there's ways to kind of help um, people that want to learn more about how, the, how they can learn about social justice, uh, racism, and, 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 and some materials that can help themselves um, assess themselves and to make changes within. What are some of the things that you all are doing as far as inclusivity and, and making some changes there at the library? I would say ICPL has a long history of, of supporting all community members and being as open as, as possible. But we are also very aware that we have a lot of work to do to address those longstanding biases and exclusive practices that are just um, built into to our profession like many professions. So we're, we're actively working to, to learn more about identifying those biases, reducing those biases, and making sure we're, we're really truly actively being welcome. Um, and like I said before, we're really, I feel really lucky that we're working on a strategic plan right now because we can include goals and language that speak directly to this, that, that aren't um, just those general, um, we, we work to be you know, inclusive, but to really say, what do we mean by that? What populations are we hoping to work with? And how are we gonna get better? So I, I think that this is just such a, a great time to be working on those steering documents um, when the community is being gracious enough to tell us what they want and what they need. So um, I look forward to sharing that plan publicly. We will be um, presenting a draft at the board meeting at the end of this month. And then um, depending on how that dialogue goes, we'll be making it public shortly after. So I'm, I'm eager to share some of those more um, high level goals with the community that the library is going to undertake um, in an effort to, to really truly and, um, and proactively welcome everybody. Yeah, I do think that this time is critical where we could all within our individual entities look at the, how we operate 
and to take a step back to listen to the uh, community, <laughs> listen specifically to people of color, and to hear what their concerns are, and to ensure that the changes, um, and it, I realize that the, all the changes won't happen at one time, but to continuously reevaluate how people can feel included and minimize some of those barriers and um, make a space for everybody uh, within our community. So thanks for what you all are doing there. Um, I am so happy that our library is still functioning and is open, so thank you for that opportunity. Even though it's closed to the public, there are still ways to interact. Um, is there anything that you want to say as we end our time today here? Oh, I'd love to, to thank the community for their patience during this time as we make plans and evaluate new service delivery um, and to really invite folks to give feedback, whether you are a current library user or not. Um, tell us what you need and tell us what you want. Um, you don't have to worry about whether you speak for, for a whole part of the community or just yourself. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, the big part of my job is is having the dialogue with the community. So please feel free to reach out via telephone or email. Um, and I'd love to have a dialogue with folks about what they see as the future of the library and what they need from us right now. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you, I hope you have an awesome and amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much. It's been great. Yes, you take care. That's our show for today. Follow along with other city service changes related to COVID-19 on our website, icgov.org slash coronavirus. We'll be back again next week with more episodes of Community Connection. Until then, remember to wear your mask, practice good hygiene, and social distance from others. We're all in this together, Iowa City.